Amen. We're starting this series called Bad Advice. You don't have to go very far to get bad advice or misinformation. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Uh, that's not the hard part, but the hard part is discerning what is good and what is true and what is noble. And scripture says we got to pay attention to what is what is worthy of our, of our thoughts and our lifestyle. And so I want to take a look over the next few weeks at like, what are some bad advices that we may have got or that we've believed into that are causing us to get off course and miss what God has for us. And so I do want to say up front, I... I feel a little bad about the first service just because there was a lot of visitors here, and I, I held back personally uh, on kind of the way that I would want to say this message. So I feel, I'm just being honest with you as a pastor, I'm, I've just felt a little convicted about that. So I said that to say this, I'm going to be really passionate about this message and my delivery of it, but I want you to interpret it as somebody who's passionate because I really care and I really love. You know, true love tells the truth at the deepest level. Like, I believe one of the highest forms of love is when somebody can really tell you the truth. Can I get an amen? All this ear tickling and blah, 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 blah. That's getting us nowhere. Are you with me? We built all these churches that are so soft and so nice and so fluffy, but it's gotten us at the bottom. Are you with me? And so I, I hope you don't interpret my passion. I know there's a lot of visitors here, people watching on Facebook. I hope you don't interpret some of my passion as like pulpit bully. I'm really just a passionate person about seeing God's truth win so that we can actually make a difference in the world. I took, okay. And I just don't think diet's going to get it done anymore, right? How many of you ever drink diet anything? It never satisfies. Can I get amen? We need the full gospel. All right. So I got that out of the way. And so now, now I'm not responsible for anything else after this. But here's the deal. The bad advice that I want to talk about today is this idea of all you need is salvation. Man, just go and get saved and get your ticket to heaven and attend church and have a good time, and then you're good. Just just punch that ticket to heaven and, and secure eternity. You're good to go. What horrible advice. Because God has given you every day, every minute, every hour. He created you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. There's something we're called to do here and now. Can I get amen? Amen. The scripture talks about in Genesis, there's a tree. And so we, we hear of the knowledge of good and evil. And then we see at the end of the Bible, there's this, there's this uh, teaching of this city. I can't get into the whole thing, but it's another tree. But what is the story about? The tree and the tree? No, the story is about redeem, redeeming mankind and what God wants to do with us in the middle of these two things. Can I get an amen? And so this idea of, oh, bro, just get saved, ticket, you know, get your ticket to heaven, and then just go enjoy church. No. There, there is a devotion that we're called to walk in. There is an understanding. Uh, people say, oh, I'm a believer. We use this word, I'm a believer. I believe in Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And then if you really begin to like dig in and ask people, well, what do you believe? I'm not sure. And when the world's pressures begin to pressure in on us and the world begins to basically ask you through your actions, what do you really believe? Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I prayed a prayer. There's so much more to it than just salvation. Can I get amen today? And so we say, I'm a believer. Well, what do you believe? What do you believe? Like, what do we believe? And, and where we get what we believe is from the Holy Scripture. I'm a Bible believer. Can I get amen today? I believe that churches should be led not by opinion, not by system, not by strategy, but by the Scripture. Can I get amen? And so everything comes down to the absolute truth, which is God's proven, infallible, perfect word. Well, it was written by men. No, no, no. It was inspired by God, given to men, but it is perfect and it is absolute and nobody else has been able to disprove it. Are you with me? There's nothing more powerful than the Bible. 
you could go, oh, in the history there was this, and history was this. No, the, the, and I'm not even going to use the word information, but, but the power and the information and the wisdom and the truth that is found in Scripture is unheard of in our world. And I could preach for days about uh, the, the Scripture and its defense. Uh, but what I'm trying to get us to say is if as Christians we say, I'm a believer, and I'm a Christian, and I pray to prayer, but we do nothing in developing we are doing a huge disservice to our lives and to our communities. Are you with me? A disciple, a Christ follower, the definition of disciple is a learner. Not a guy who runs out the clock until it's time to go to heaven. A disciple is somebody who gives their life to the learning of the ways of God. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Jesus showed up here on earth, yes, to redeem us of sin, yes, to provide a way for us to go to heaven. But he came saying, this is the way to live. And guess what? We ought to learn what that looks like. So the bad advice is, man, get a coffee and go to church and just enjoy yourself until you get to heaven. No, no, no. There's a great devotion that we're supposed to be devoted to. And it's, it's to Christ, but it's through his will and his word. Can I get amen today? Which, by the way, your coffee's back. You're welcome. There we go. My kids, uh, my kids, some of you are going to check in. Coffee's back, and then we're going to see people come back. Like, oh, look at you. You remembered where we are. Uh, I got back into golf. I'm 37. I golfed a lot when I was younger, and I just recently got back into golf and um, because I have to. Because I'm 37, I'm going to be 40, and I'm a pastor. To keep your credentials, you have to golf. And... Uh, so I'm getting back into it, and uh, whenever I commit to something, like I go all the way in, right? So for me to golf, uh, that means I bought everything. I bought the, the hitting net that you hit into. I bought the, the pad thing that you put on your grass, and you put the tee in, and you practice off of it. And so I'm all in on all this stuff. Well, my kids got really interested in it as well. And so they, I watched one day. They went and got all my stuff. And so the net's out there, and my clubs are out there, and I'm kind of watching how they're trying to do this thing called golf. They're, they're, they're trying to figure this out. And so they're in their mind, come on, Charlie. I got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. Come on, Charlie. We're going to go play golf. We're going to go play golf. And so in their mind, they're golfing. They're going out and they're doing it. And so I was watching them. Caroline took the tee and she put it in the grass and she put the ball right, right up against the tee. In her mind, she thought the purpose of the tee was to hold the ball in place like in the ground. And Charlie, my son, he took the club, took the club and he's holding the club uh, by the club head, swinging the stick at the ball. <laughs> he didn't know. And then when they lined up, they lined up with the net behind them instead of at them. But in their mind, they're doing it. They're golfers. They're golfing. But they have no understanding about how it's all supposed to operate and act and move. Are you with me? And I wonder if we do the same thing. I'm saved. Look at me. I'm a Christian. I'm on the course. But there's all of these things that we have to come to the knowledge of and understanding and be discipled in to actually be successful. Amen. Are you with me? And so if all we do is say, oh, I'm a Christian now. I'm a golfer. But we take no time devoting ourselves to the process of it, to the discipleship of it. You will never be successful the way you're called to be successful if we don't commit ourselves to the understanding of the process. Are you with me? It's so silly, right? Like we, we say things like, I'm a believer and I live for God. Like, you know, like it's, a, it's like our profession. Like we live for God and I'm a Christian and I'm committed to this. Could you imagine if someone came over and it was their profession 
So a professional comes over in their profession, let's say maybe a roofer, and it's like, oh, this roofer comes over, and it's like, hey, I need this new roof. I need you to check it out. And so I start asking them, like, hey, what are you, you going to do? Because it's your profession. You've professed that you're a believer and you have knowledge of this. And so it's like, hey, what are you going to do? Oh, I have no idea. The professional just starts saying, I have no clue what we're going to do. I don't know, but I'm, I'm a roofer. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it goes together. I don't know what the plan is for it. How many think that person wouldn't last very long at my house? I'd be like, next guy. We walk around our communities like, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I know the way. And so then our community is like, so what is the way? How does all that work? Well, I don't, I don't know. We sing some songs, I kind of go to church. We have no understanding of the ways of God because we've let ourselves be so biblically illiterate. Are, are you with me today? The bad advice is, all you need to do is pray a prayer and make your way to heaven. Don't worry about anything else. No, worry about everything else. And I'm not saying worry. Everybody just tuned me out. If we believe we were created on purpose for a purpose, we should understand how that purpose functions. I know I kind of said this last week. But if the microphone creator inventor says, hey, I've created this mic on purpose for a purpose, it has specific functions. Doug has to plug in the receiver. I have to turn on the mic. There's all of these functions in order for us to get the most success out of the creation of this microphone. So we need to know what those instructions are. If we're saying God created us on purpose for a purpose, we ought to bust open the instructions and be like, okay, God, what do I got to do when I'm facing this and when I'm facing that? What are the things I got to put in place for the most success, not only for my life, but for the kingdom? Can I get an amen? And when all we do is just say, ah, we got a mic. Ah, well, I'm a Christian. We're good. It's a huge disservice to the kingdom. Can I get an amen? First Peter chapter 3, verse 13 says this, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. That scripture is actually pretty alive today, isn't it? Who's going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is doing right, you're blessed. Do not fear their threats and do not be frightened. It says this, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And then this is our mandate. It says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. It is our responsibility as a Christian, a Christ follower, to be able to answer in response when somebody has a question for you about why you believe and live for God. And Are you with me? I'm not saying we all have to be perfect theologians, but I'm saying we ought to be able to go to the perfect book and get perfect truth and present that when people ask. Can I get an amen? Here's why I'm passionate about it is because we live in a culture where they say statistically, Barner Research Group says statistically, the average American Christian will receive more advertisement in a day projected to them than they will studying God's word. So in your day, you're going to get more information set to you by way of radio commercials, TV commercials. You're going to get advertising information more embedded in you than you will God's word in a day. The creator of heaven and earth, whose scripture says, keeps the stars in motion, all of the things that he has planned for you. And all of a sudden, uh, an influencer bigger than our creator is just local radio advertisements. It's a huge imbalance. We were in a balancing act series last week or last uh, month. And you could put this in there. One of our huge things that we're out of balance on is what we let influence and become the majority voice in our life. I'm not against TV, I'm not against radio, I'm not against podcasts, I'm not against any of that kind of stuff, but I'm against it if it becomes a bigger influence than God's perfect truth in our life, which we find in his word. 
And it says we, it's our responsibility as believers to be able to give an answer for what we believe. And so for us, uh, it's more than just heaven. It's more than just praying a prayer. It's being a people who are able to share. Now, here's the, here's the important thing to remember. It says this, always be prepared to give an answer if anyone asks for your reason of hope. And it says this, but do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you in the against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Listen, we have used God's word as ugly weapons for far too long. Amen. We try to get people with God's word instead of receive and heal and restore people with God's word. The scripture is saying, be ready to give an answer, but that answer better be bathed in love, in gentleness, in care. Are you with me? We aren't social media sword swingers out to get people with the Bible. Are you with me? We ought to be a people who come in with a gentleness and a care as we share. Uh, We live in a world where we actually have great opportunity. Uh, We live in a world where people don't believe in truth. (laughs) It's kind of terrifying in a way for me, having young kids, that you used to think that there was some sort of agreeable logic. (laughs) I'll be careful. I'm not going to be careful. There's two genders, right? So we used to like agree on like things that are true, logic. Now everything is whatever you feel, whatever you feel. You live your own truth. You do your own thing. And so this idea of absolute truth doesn't exist anymore. Now, many of us would go, I'm worried. This world is such a mess. Well, hold on. In darkness, light shines brighter, doesn't it? So what would happen if a whole bunch of Christians actually knew the word, believed the Bible, and said, hey, hey, take a look at this absolute truth. Don't you think it would stand up and stand out and shine in a culture that's begging for truth? I'll keep going. Isaiah 40, verse 8, and the voice translation says this, For the grass withers, the flower fades, nothing lasts except the word of God. It will stand forever. And some of you are like, oh, yeah, duh. But listen, think about how we spend our energies and the things that we care about. Do we believe that your Bible and the Holy Word is the most unbelievable, undeniable, incredible, never-ending, never-fading truth that you have in your life? If you did, wouldn't you devour it? I mean, if on your nightstand you believe that God is saying, hey, this thing never fades, it never goes away, it's the most powerful thing, don't you think we'd give it some more time and attention? But it's funny the things that we spend our time on. And again, I'm not here to come against these things, and I'm preaching to myself today. But it's funny the things that we actually put our energy and effort in that does fade. You can tell me the starting quarterback of the Lions for the last 30 years, and they ain't won nothing. (laughs) But you know them, and it fades, and it goes away. And you can tell me how the engine changed and the Mustang over the last one. And you got all of these things that at the end of the day mean nothing. But this, this word that's going to remain and last forever, and it was created and given to us so that we might know how to live, yeah. we just don't pay attention to. And so the scripture is saying, like, you, you, you got to understand how powerful and how forever this thing is. And I know we value it because if I asked you all, hey, what would you want for your kids? Write me like a top 10 of how you want your kids to live. I guarantee you would put in there, oh, I want my kids to be kids who are devoted to scripture who understand God's word. But listen, they're never going to get to that if we don't do it first. So whatever your passions are for your kids, you've got to not only like display it and model it, but it's just got to be in the atmosphere. Can I get an amen? And we've got to have this understanding of like this, this word of God, the Bible, we sing the song, the B-L-B-I, whatever it is. 
I don't homeschool our kids, Jess does. What do we say? We say, it's the only book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. None of, nothing else matters but this thing. His truth, his word, his way is everything. People come to me all the time. Oh, pastor, I want to be a part of something great. I want to see revival. I want to see God's outpouring. I want to see the world changed. I want to be a history maker. Awesome. That's incredible. And I want to be a part of that too. So the way we do that is we fall in love with God's word. Because the scripture says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. The only way we're going to get to where God wants us to is if we're lighting the way with his word. And everybody wants this hocus pocus other potion to get us to move into what God has for us. No, he gave us his word. He gave us his will. He gave us the plan. Are you with me? And so we got to obey his word. God is a God of order. God is a God of order. He creates things in structure. And so I believe when God says, hey, I've given you my word, hide it in your heart that you might not sin against me. He's saying, like, I've given you these things. And when we do these things, it produces order and God operates in order. He can bless things in order. How many know the scripture says he did this on day one? He did this on day two. God works in order. We see it all throughout scripture. Aren't you glad that he didn't put your nose next to your armpit, right? Like God works in order. (laughs) Some of you, it doesn't matter. You're still smelly. But what I'm saying is this, God works in order. And one of the things that he put in place is this promise in scripture. I didn't bring it with me today, but he says this. The scripture says that God watches over his word to perform it. So one of his orders is he's just waiting for us to know his word and believe his word and be devoted to his scripture. That way we can be praying it and and putting it in motion and then God can perform it. Can I get amen? But we've, we've turned Christianity And again, I'm grateful for singing of his word and preaching of his word and experiencing these type of things. Obviously, I'm for that. But if all we do is come to church and and give thanks for our salvation, but we aren't disciples, we aren't learners, we aren't people, we're we're doing a huge disservice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. We love faith because faith is bravery. Like that's like a pat on your back. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going after God. I'm moving out in faith. I'm a faith person. But the scripture says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You can't do faith without being a person who's committed to hearing the word of God. So we get so excited about God, use me, send me, I'll be the one. Well, it starts with hearing God's word and being in God's word and absorbing God's word. Can I get amen today? I'm being really redundant in the power of us understanding and being committed to God's word. First uh, John chapter five or First uh, John five, uh, I didn't bring it, but it says this: that says when we pray, we need to pray according to God's will, and He will. Scripture says, answer us. Our answered prayers are connected to our understanding of God's word and His will. Like God's word, the Holy Scripture is God's will for our life. I know you all know that. But same thing, if I were to write a will, like, hey, here's what I want for your life, and and so I'm writing you my will, I'm giving you my words, this is my words to you, the scripture's saying if you pray God's will, pray his words, he answers us. So if we're running around and and we're shallow in our understanding of the word and we're not given much commitment to his will and to his word, it's going to hinder your prayer life. That's why we can take scripture and we can stand on scripture and we can pray things like, oh, I know it looks like a mess out there, but God, your word says that your will for this church is the gates of hell will not prevail. Oh, 
the doctor gave me this diagnosis and said that it's terminal and I'm in the wrong stage and, and I'm not going to be able to make it and there's nothing more they can do. Oh, but hold on. God's will says that by his stripes, are you with me? And so we pray the word and God answers it according to his will. Can I get an amen today? I'm just try, trying to get us to understand that it's not like an accessory to the Christian life. I'm a Christian. I like the music part of it. Definitely don't like the preaching part of it, but... Uh, <laughs> The music is good. I like the like praying for each other part. Oh, I can't do the Bible. Can't do the word. It's just too boring. I can't. No, no, it's it's essential. It's it's at the core of everything. And 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 if we live in a way that literally we hear more commercials in our life than we do hearing the goodness of God through scripture, we're doing a huge disservice to our life. John chapter 1 verse 8 says this, "The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth." But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. The for then comes from when we be a people who day and night depend on and live in God's word. Not just on Sunday, not just in study, but we're a people that it is a heavy part of our lives. The, the translation here is kind of gross, so I hope I don't gross you out. But the word meditate here is, is just like a cow chooses cud which like he's chewed it and chewed it and continues to chew it, meaning doesn't even need to chew it anymore, but is still chewing it. Where's my farmer's at? Yeah. Chewing, chewing, day and night, chewing, chewing, working that thing. That's what we're called to do with God's word. Continually have God's word in our mouth and in our mind and in our hearts and speaking and speak. Why? Because God's word reassures. Uh, how many of you uh, have ever seen some stuff going on and you run to Facebook to see what everybody else thinks about it? It's like, oh my gosh, oh, I can't believe that's happening. Let's go see what everybody else is saying about it. How many have ever felt better after that? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> How many do the same thing with the news? Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Have you heard? Oh, let's go see what that channel's saying. And you leave there like, I don't feel better. <laughs> but I promise you, every time you go to the Word, what's going on right now? Oh my God, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get into God's Word in His ways, and it reassures you, and it builds your trust back up, and it fills you with peace. Can I get an Amen. This is the thing that we run to, and this is the thing that we sing about, and we speak about, and we pray over each other. Why? Because it's perfect truth, and it's powerful, and it's alive in our life. Can I get an amen? Uh, Robert Kiyosaki wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he tells this story that he'll speak at conferences, and he'll speak at uh, all these engagements that he has, and people will come up to him. He's a financial expert, and so people will come up to him with specific questions about finances and their fortune and what they should do, and they'll come up, and they'll ask him questions uh, of things that are in his book. The answers are in his book. So he's got this New York Times bestseller, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so people come up to him at the conference. Hey, Robert, I got a question. What should I do with the... And he's like, have you read my book? And they're like, oh, no. He's like, well, go read my book. And then... And I just wonder if heaven, as we come to him, God, we go to heaven. God, God, what about God? Will you help me with it? And he's like, have you read my book? <laughs> it's in the book. He's like, hey, guys, it's in the book. <laughs> go back and read my book. Every answer, every wondering, every thought, everything that you need, God has already given us. Aren't you grateful for his word and his way? But we got to get committed to it. we got to meditate on it. we got to be in it. Romans 10, 17, I'm going to kind of break it down for you one more time. It says this, So then, faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. It's a Greek verb that shows a continuous action, which means you could read it like this. So then, faith comes by hearing and continuing to hear the word of God. Continuing to hear the word of God. So many times we go, oh, yeah, yeah, Psalms, Proverbs, yeah. I remember when our church did a study on that three years ago. 
And then I don't need to read Proverbs. I don't need to read anymore. I've done that study. I've done that thing. No, every time you read the word, God gives you something new, doesn't he? He opens your eyes to more truths. It's a continual hearing of the word. Churches can have systems and structures and slick and graphics and all those things, but none of those things do what God's word can do. Can I get amen today? So there's a couple things I want to throw out to you. I'm grateful that God didn't just be like, hey, forever, there's going to be this scroll that you roll out before dinner. And we all have to go through the thing. God is a creative God. And I believe he's a God of expression. And so he gives us all these great ways for us to be in his word. I want to share a couple of those with you. Uh, We put together a couple of things for you to just know about. One is called She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth. It's a really cool way for you to look at God's word differently. It's biblically sound. It's completely accurate. uh, But you can literally get topics and books and uh, studies of God's word just mailed right to your house. I encourage you to go get the app. If you haven't yet, She Reads Truth or He Reads Truth. But it just makes things so interesting and so different. And so maybe for some of you, you got to break it up a little bit. I know I do. And so you can download She Reads Truth. Another one <coughs> is the Version Bible. Uh, if you haven't downloaded that yet, <clears throat> you're missing it. It's a free Bible. It's probably one of the most comprehensive. One sec. <clears throat> I started smoking when I started golfing. So <clears throat> <laughs> I heard those go together too. Uh, I'm better now. Don't worry about it. Uh, Some of you are like, well, the Bible says. Uh, So the YouVersion Bible, it's free. I believe it's the number one downloaded app in all of the app store. And uh, there is so many great layers. Something might happen in your life that stole your peace. You can literally go in there and search the word peace, and there'll be dozens of studies that you can start right then that are about the peace of God or forgiveness or faith or trust, whatever. It is so comprehensive. It can, you can set reminders. So no longer can you say, oh man, I forgot to do that. No, no, it will text you. It'll give you a notification. It'll tell you, hey, you haven't read the word. It's just so in depth. Got to do it. It's major. Uh, version Bible. <clears throat> the last one here is this Paul Leather Company. I always get emotional when I talk about this one. <clears throat> is this. Paul's Leather Company is a company that you can get a custom Bible made. Here's why I think this really matters. It's cool that you can hand down how to skin a deer, how to hit a tee shot. You can take your kids to some games. How to break down the engine of a car. All all those things are, are great things to hand down to your kids. But what if you could hand down God's holy word full of your testimonies? Where, where, where they can open up this holy scripture and they can see where your tears once, it's once hit the page. Where you've wrote notes and they can go back like, oh, I remember when that was a hard season for our family. But they didn't quit. And this is where, this is where dad studied. This is where mom applied herself. This is where granny didn't give up on me. And she wrote it through these verses. And we can take that and give it back. Of all the things you can hand down, how important would it be to hand down the perfect word of God? Can I get amen? So this Paul Leathers company, we don't make any money off this stuff. I I should have called them and and set it up, (laughs) but I'm not that smart. So super cool. You can customize the outside, the inside. There's all these different versions of it. But listen, I think it's important that we invest in God's word. It's probably a disservice if you got pants that cost more than your Bible. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Some of you are like, uh, I, that's a weird point. Strike that one out. 
But I'm trying to say, like, let's let's be invested in this because honestly, it's the most important thing you can have in your life. Can I? And so a couple things. I'll close with this. And so those three things are great ways for you to study. And then, of course, the book studies and all the things we do as a church, that's not so we can be busy. It's so that God's word can be alive. It's so that we can be disciples, learners. Amen. Learners of what God has for us so that we might not sin against him. A couple things in my closing is this. When we read God's word, we do read it to, with the desire to, to hear God. When we read God's word, it's to read God's word, to have relationship with him and to better understand him. We don't read God's word to give ourselves ammo so that we can judge others. Ooh, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to get them and I'm going to post that. And your whole learning is so that you're crafting something to go get somebody else. That's not how we read God's word. We also don't read God's word because it's a chore. Oh, get it, go get it. We got to read it and get my vitamins. I got to take those too. And it's just this big chore that we have to do, reading God's word again. No, we don't read it as a chore. It's relationship with God, our creator. It's reading his word, his will, his way. Think about it. How many of you have ever had somebody pass away in your life? But you found their old notes, you found their old cards, and you've read it a hundred times. But you know who it's from, and you know where it came from, and you know what it means. That's what God's word needs to be for us. Not so we can get people or so that it's a chore. It's so that we can feel the impact of God's love, and then we can turn and give that love. Can I get amen? And then lastly, we don't read the word so that we can become a biblical meteorologist. Oh, we got to know the word so we can tell everybody what's going to happen. We can tell people this and tell me, and we're always predicting and assuming and predicting. No, we're in God's word because we desire relationship and to hear from him. I think prophecy is great and we value prophecy. But if all we do is get into this stuff so that we can be smarter than everybody, you're missing it by a mile, aren't you? God's word always reassures. It always teaches us to trust in him. It always tells you that there's a better way and that you have hope. This world is so weary. The amount of people strung out on prescription drugs and the painkiller epidemics, all of the things that we're seeing, it's what is because people have lost hope. Why? Because they don't know that there's a truth. And the truth, the scripture says, sets us free. And so we're so bound in this world because we don't have truth, because we don't read the word. I got to stop. We're good. So let's do this. Let's, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to pray some of these truths into your life. And so let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you for hanging out a little bit longer than we normally would. I know your kids are going to be super well taken care of. So don't, don't worry about them being up there, but I do want to finish this time with a really important opportunity, which is what I talked about. The prayer of salvation. Some people call it the sinner's prayer, the prayer of salvation. It's the same thing, but I want to give you the opportunity to start this journey, start this relationship with God. Part of being the learner and a disciple is first acknowledging that you need a Savior. You need God as your Lord and Savior. So the book of Romans uh, chapter 10, it says this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that scripture to be true, that when we pray a prayer, when we acknowledge and profess with our words that Jesus is Lord, I believe salvation is yours in your life. And so I'm going to give you that opportunity. Nobody looking around. All, everybody's just bowing their heads and closing their eyes. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you to join us all in a prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer out loud, repeat it after me. But I believe if, like the scripture says, you mean it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, I believe that salvation is, out, is yours and in your life. So let's all pray this prayer, repeat it after me. Say, God, today I choose you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and help me walk with you all the days of my life. I believe you sent your son Jesus who died and rose again for me. In Jesus' name, amen.